Today is Saturday the 19th. I'll tell you what, it was a crazy, crazy week in uh, the news and everything else. This was released on Friday. This is Ronald Stein and Clean Energy Crisis. Absolutely an outstanding book. Energy Exploitation. Clean Energy Exploitation. Unbelievable. Uh, Thank you, uh, Ronald, for stopping by. Also, we got Doomberg coming out next week. And I've got some other fantastic ones coming along. Michael and I just had a blast this week talking about bricks. Had another story drop out on Energy Newsbeat about bricks from Andrew Korbachev from uh, Russia. Says that bricks is not going to try to de-dollarize the dollar, but they're going to try to focus on each other's currency. So if you want to read between the lines... That means they're going to de-dollarize the dollar. So anyway, have a great time. We sure appreciate you. Thanks, and have a great weekend with your family. We'll see you all next week. A global inflationary depression is very possible, but what does this do to the energy and oil markets? Uh, You know, dude, you and I have been talking about this for a long time. In fact, three years ago, we could pull the tape and I was always saying depression, depression, depression as a cheerleader. And you're over there going, nah, well, you were right. I'm right. But we're having fun. Roughly two and a half years ago, it was predicted on the advancing time on this article uh, that we might soon be witness to the first global inflationary depression. Many of us predicted inflation rolling, but underestimated the size of stimulus would put in the pipeline. Boy, they bloated this up like a dead whale on the beach, you know, with all the stimulus they put around the world. Though to those finding this notion unacceptable, we we would reframe this as stagflation era of reversion. What this all is meaning is that the global supply chain, Michael, the global printing of money for renewables and the global uh, loss in GDP is going to really have a tough time in 2024. What this is going to do with elevated energy prices. I mean, that's the whole thing in this that nobody accounts for is the fact that if energy gets more expensive, it only exacerbates this inflationary period because now it makes just the basic necessities more expensive on top of the printing of money. There you go. And and in um, when you're talking about Europe, Europe is losing mm-hmm. business because it's coming out because they don't even have natural gas. They're now doing coal. Germany is firing up coal plants. They just killed their nuclear. California is the same thing. Businesses are leaving. Now, they're leaving for two reasons. ESG, bad government and regulations. You're going to see a theme going along here in just a sec, but just just as a side note. So let's roll to the next one here. And if anybody has any questions on, I want their opinions on the global outcome because it's hard to predict oil prices Saudi Arabia and uh, OPEC, OPEC Plus, are going to be cutting back production. I don't know what the amount of demand is going to do because it's always supply and demand in different formats. Russia has survived. Before we move on, I want to say he talks about the idea that we're in stagflation. And you have to flesh that out a bit because if you use the official government numbers, 
We're not in stagflation. What is stagflation? High unemployment, high inflation. You use the Bureau of Labor Statistic numbers. We are not in high unemployment. Unemployment is rising, but we're still at 4.6, 4.7% unemployment, which is historically low. Think about when Barack Obama took over in 2008. We had a 10% unemployment rate. Yes, I know you're going to tell me the numbers are skewed. You could tell me, but I have to point out that if we use the official, we use the official numbers, we're not in stagflation yet. I'm going to throw out old definitions because the, oh, don't throw up for our podcast listeners, uh, reverse peristalsis or the act of throwing up and violently throwing up on his microphone just happened. This is a, a credible moment. So when you sit back, Michael, and take a look, how in the world at this amount of debt that the United States now has, people are not buying it. Gold is becoming the energy standard. Nothing is as it was or as it seems. So I'm going to now I'm going to throw up and use reverse peristalsis and throw up. And that is you can't use the old standards. The other standard is anybody that has a job has two jobs. Anybody that is wanting to get out of the workforce gave up. There's a whole bunch of baby boomers that weren't ready to retire and they're out. They're going to go starve and eat the dead whales on the beach because they can't afford to eat. So nothing is the same. And thank you for letting me. I I agree. I a thousand percent agree with you that we have a big issue with underemployment and double employment. Absolutely agree with you where. That's an issue, in my opinion, with wages, though, not necessarily the the availability of jobs. But that's a story for another time. Let's yeah. move on to uh, promoting our own podcast because there's nothing and more that we like doing to do. Honestly, Michael, thank you for letting me rant and uh, prove that uh, I'm always right and you're wrong. I am kidding. You're 99% more right than I am. I hope you're wrong on this globinary, de- this global depression. But globinary. Right. Globinary, you're an animal, a new words. Okay. Hey, this is a 30 foot humpback whale found dead on Fire Island. At least the 18th doom humpback discovered in the East Coast this year. Hey, I found a training video at the end of this, Michael. And uh, let's talk about the article for a little bit. And then I'll talk us through the new training video on how to clean up whales. So let's go ahead and talk about this for a little bit. I had a wonderful interview with Craig Rucker this week, and I embedded the Fox uh, interview that he just had with him. And that's how I got to meet him. He also uh, knows Patrick Moore and uh, Patrick Moore was the co-founder of Greenpeace that I've interviewed and I've got more interviews coming up with him. So, you know, we've also got a uh, we're working out details to interview him at Comp 28. So this is huge from a story. The whole thing about this is the animals, the whales, there's hundreds and hundreds of them that we know about this year are dying. Porpoises, whales, the fisheries, it's killing the fishing industry. And it's because of the vibrations, Michael, of the wind turbines. Why is the green methodology and the green push silent on one of the biggest important ecological mammals in the world regarding the world's health? It's 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 pretty crazy. A 30-foot humpback whale was found dead last Friday morning. Um, what was that? The the 10th. Yep. I know the 11th there. Um, the 18th humpback to be discovered in the East Coast so far. 
was found on the eastern side of Smith Point County Park in Shirley, Long Island, according to the National Oceanic Atmosphere Administration. I mean, doing the job I should be doing. Yes, killing the whales. As a millennial, uh, this is one of the few things, and you can see there's a New York Post in there showing the one. But Michael, I went to a research desk, and I went and found a short clip from 50 years ago, and I discovered that Granholm has already sent this out as a... Uh, training video since the, she doesn't care about the whales. This is right, a, so let's uh, yeah, so let's we go watch it. Are we gonna watch this? Yeah, let's right, watch let's it. Let's cue it up. Let's start it now. Here we, here we go. Okay. okay. Yeah. You see the yeah. girl. Ten, nine, eight, seven. <laughs> the, for those watching at home, it's a countdown. There's a dead whale on the beach. Are they gonna blow this thing up? <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> Look at the chunks, and you can hear the screams in the background. And the announcer is so calm. He says, great. And we were watching it, and we had to go away because the pounds of flesh. The <laughs> smell. Right, we can cut this. We can cut Okay. This. Can but, you imagine the smell that's going on? Oh, and just a little bit after that, Michael, I'm going to go ahead and stop watching here. But a little bit later on this, he's he goes up to a Cadillac, and he says, and it's a good thing people did not get hit like this Cadillac. The Cadillac is destroyed. <laughs> and the guy, the guy on the beach in the interview goes, well, we don't know how much we're going to have to blow up again. And they ended up just having. I was, I was born in the wrong era. I was born in the wrong era. Oh, the amount of C4 they used on this whale is incredible. I mean, anyway. Okay. That's what we need to do, folks. Oh, yeah. Go the whales. Hey, what are the BRICS planning with August 2nd Durban Accords? Okay, this is coming up quick, dude. And, you know, it is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa are in the BRICS. Now, let's go through this here. This is global trade runs on U.S. dollars. This is where we were talking about this, and that is uh, Nixon got us off the gold standard. Yep. That allowed uh, our government at that point to just print money whenever they wanted to. Yep. I, and that just drives me nuts. He puts in this article. Okay, he says right here, it's our currency, but it's your problem. President Nixon said that. I mean, not only was he like a, a real loser, had to bail out, but uh, it's our currency, but it's your problem. Okay. <laughs> Every president since then has notched that attitude up and weaponized the dollar. So now the result of this shock and awe economic warfare were underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian economy failed to collapse. Instead, they used business as usual, taking payments in rubies or gold. Michael, the number one and number two countries for buying gold, China, Russia. Mm -hmm. Two members of BRICS, China, Russia. Who's going to be the primary backers of this new gold? And then there's another article that we ran last week that says they're going to do the same thing. While uh, the U.S denied the U.S. citizens in 1933 to change dollars for gold. You can't buy gold as a U.S. citizen. That's going to be the same thing. They're not going to have to go through and and do the same thing. They had limits on it, Michael. Was, oh, interesting. I mean, so you don't yeah. think we're going to be able to buy gold here soon? Uh, no. Now, and, and so what you're going to do. Well, hey, it's, it's what it is. I'm 
uh, hey, well, you want to talk about conspiracies? There's a lot of conspiracies floating around here about Hawaii, and I'm not going to bring us up on that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it me August 22nd may mark the beginning of the end as business as usual. This has been coming fast, and I've been warning you. I said, hey, everybody says, oh, it may take us years to get off of the U.S. dollar. I think it's going to happen sooner than that. Interesting. Asian wind power development isn't starting fast enough. Here's where this article is is great. Across the Asian uh, Pacific region, offshore wind power can play a large role in meeting rising energy demand while reducing emissions as governments work towards net zero targets. Wind energy can also be made to use net zero fuels like green hydrogen and green ammonia that can help decarbonize uh, everything else, as they say. So here is where I think it's a little bit off. China, President Z yesterday said, or uh, Monday, he said they are bailing out of the Paris Climate Accords because he does not see that renewable energy will make any difference on climate change. That is an amazing statement for a guy that is uh, supporting two coal plants a week. They're increasing their coal. And then they turn around and build all of the renewable. They're 70, 80 percent, depending on the mix of what they're doing on world's supply chain for renewable. So in Asia, I think it makes sense to take a look at wind and solar on islands. If it does make a difference, uh, let's take Hawaii. You've got to import all your coal. You've got to import everything. That cost difference makes a little, it makes a bit of difference on not importing things on an island. That being said, let's come down into here. And it says Asia replaced Europe as the largest regional offshore wind market by cumulative installation. But to counter that, they've also been increasing their LNG exports because you need to have natural gas as a backup in order to stand up uh, wind and solar on the grid. So it's going to be pretty interesting. We're going to uh, take a look. You've got a weird dichotomy going on in Asia. And uh, personally, I think that some of it's good. Going all in is not. We need to use all forms of energy, but not what they're planning on doing. Let's go to the next one. This is with my favorite administration I've ever had. And uh, one year later, the Inflation Reduction Act implementation remains a mess. (laughs) Did you see Biden? uh, I'm just going to sidetrack here for a sec. Did you see Biden last week when he said, Maybe we shouldn't have called it the Inflation Reduction Act because it's not going to do it. He actually said it. You got to love that. I, I mean, see that, but oh. he had a momentary like re- relapse of sanity. Today marks the one year anniversary of signing the inflation, the IRA into law. The, the law was never about reducing inflation. The IRA is a quintessential example of the Democrats' vision, and it is basically. The Green New Deal hidden in wolf's cloak. Uh, Let's take through some of this stuff. 
There this is, is by economist James Brogel. His, his title is I am an economist focused on economics of regulation. Well, have fun without this one, dude. Oh, yeah. He's he's worse than a CPA or an accountant. I mean, this guy's got to be fun at a party just to avoid. Um, based on initial estimate, uh, $260 billion in energy tax credits for renewables like wind, solar, hydro, $80 billion for consumer mm-hmm. rebates for purchasing electric vehicles. Hold that thought. I'm coming back to it in a sec. Installing rooftop solar panels and adding more efficient home features. The IRA amends a tax credit up to $7,500 for purchasing electric vehicles and extended another up to 30% off the cost of solar. Let's talk about this for just a second. Out of all of the $1.3 trillion in the uh, Porculus bill that I love Dan Bongino for saying that, it is the Porculus bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, the $7,500 tax credit is very not used by very many American cars. You got to like, you've got to be a really good rocket scientist to get that payment. Now, here's the other side of that coin. South Korea, uh, yesterday, yesterday or day before, they announced they have found a way around the U.S. policies on this. So they're going to be selling under the Inflation Reduction Act. Our own folks can't. South Korea is going to be muscling on our money. So this one kind of just gets me off. Did you see they had to bring John Podesta back for this? They had to recycle that guy from the grave. And who's John Podesta? John Podesta is the guy that got caught in the WikiLeaks phishing scam who ended up giving up all of the documents to WikiLeaks. Remember, how did WikiLeaks get those documents? Somebody hacked Hillary Clinton's emails. Well, what did they actually do? As it turns out, this person got access to the emails through John Podesta's email, which he subscribed through through a phishing scam. So actually, we love the dude. Oh, yeah. Prevented a crisis in 2016. Already, this is later on in the article, it says uh, already parts of the IRA are backfiring, which could further erode support. Countries like South Korea, I just told you that uh, in there, the IRA massive industrial policy cronyism is masquerading as climate and inflation policy. You know what's missing? They only had 38 million I mean, it was some ungodly little number yeah. for the grid. Oh, oh, I just got airsick when I was reading that part of it. 